Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post-show for August 1st, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Yes, I know I have to change the intro I don't know how long that intro's got left, man. The intro will be the same, but the uh, long-term booking may have to go away. I may have to incorporate Triple H into the long-term booking phenomenon now that we're seeing. But I'm not here to talk about long-term booking. I'm here to talk about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I thought was a very good show. 
Very, very, very good. Everybody's excited. I was legitimately excited. People that I know that have stopped watching WWE all texted me the same thing. They were excited because today marked the first day that WWE embarked on this new era with Paul Levesque heading creative. What was going to happen? Who was he going to feature on the show? What ideas was he going to bring to the table after what was a very good SummerSlam on Saturday night? I'm here to tell you guys that nothing really drastically changed as far as appearance or as far as the feel of Monday Night Raw. It's still every bit of the three hours that it has been, no matter which management team, no matter which administration is running the show. It's still three hours. But tonight, we did not get any funny bullshit. We did not get any hokey bullshit. We did not get any three-minute or less women's matches. Everything tonight on tonight's show had a purpose. Everything on tonight's show had a vision. And that vision is coming from Paul Levesque, and he's building this show And the vision is revolving around what he wants to accomplish at Clash at the Castle on September 3rd. What felt different about tonight's show? The simple fact that we got two triple threat matches with the winners of those triple threat matches meeting later on in the show tonight to go wrestle Bobby Lashley for an opportunity at the United States Championship. A United States Championship that within the first 15 minutes Triple H wanted to get the point across that titles will once again mean something in the WWE under his leadership because Vince deteriorated all the prestige and the meaning of all the titles except the ones that Roman is currently holding. And the Usos. But there is no tag team division, so I guess you can kind of swing it either way on that one. Everything on tonight's show had a fucking purpose. What was different? Two triple threat matches. We got Champa and AJ Styles winning their respective triple threat matches tonight. Do you know what would have been done two weeks ago? I know you guys know what would have been done two weeks ago. We probably would have gotten a championship contenders match where Bobby Lashley lost clean to establish his next challenger for the United States Championship. That, that's change. The fact that we didn't get that tonight You got a smile on my fucking face, I'll tell you that. That's change. We got Tommaso Ciampa. The rise of Tommaso Ciampa, which we will talk about in just a little bit. He was all over this show tonight. Yes, he's one of Triple H's guys, and rightfully so. But Tommaso Ciampa is a fresh face. Tommaso Ciampa is one of those guys that gave you everything, including a broken neck in NXT, And you better fucking believe he is the type of guy that you want on that roster in a major role. That's what we got tonight. There's no doubt in my mind that Tommaso Ciampa is going to be very good on the main roster with the new administration in place. Mustafa Ali. Where was Mustafa Ali two, three, four, five weeks ago? WWE brought this guy back sitting on his couch to feud with The Miz and hopefully get a United States Championship match against Austin Theory. That was the going plan 
That not that didn't happen. That didn't materialize. Ali lost, 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 was treated like a loser. They brought him back to television to basically make an example out of him. Ali was on tonight's show after many weeks off of television, going out there and doing what he does best, wowing the crowd, flying around that pretty offense all over the place, getting people again in the know about what Mustafa Ali brings to the table. We got the Miz in there. We all know about the Miz. AJ Styles is in there. Dolph Ziggler is in there. Chad Gable was used in a singles capacity tonight. And how many people have been crying for Chad Gable to get a singles opportunity in the WWE? How many people for years have been saying Chad Gable should be a singles star in the WWE? Here Triple H is on night one putting Chad Gable in a prime spot as a singles guy. Change. Change. Triple threat matches. Winners advancing to the... End of the show to wrestle over the United States Championship opportunity. And no championship contenders matches in fucking sight. It's a beautiful thing. An absolutely beautiful thing. The ladies. We got Bailey back in WWE. She reemerged at SummerSlam. She didn't come alone, though. She brought EO Shirai. Now EO Sky. She brought Dakota Kai. They are a stable now. They are a threesome on Monday Night Raw. The women's division never looked better. Becky Lynch, unfortunately, went down with injury and separated her shoulder in that match with Bianca Belair. I will also touch upon that in just a little bit. But the ladies, they got time tonight. Yeah, we got an Alexa Bliss and Asuka match, but that match served a purpose. Like I said just moments ago, everything on this show served a purpose and played into the bigger picture later on down the line. Segments and matches made sense. Segments and matches flowed into the segments and matches that followed later in the show. And we had a focused, consistent three hours of continuity by Triple H on Monday Night Raw tonight. We got EO, we got Bailey, we got Dakota Kai, And seemingly, we have the recipe for some brand warfare, some faction warfare on Monday Night Raw. We got Bailey's girls against Bianca Belair's team. Could be a little bit better. Could be a little bit better with Asuka and Alexa Bliss. I know the going rumor around these parts is that Sasha Banks and Naomi are on their way back to WWE. I did not expect them tonight. I was hoping for them, but I did not expect them tonight. I don't know why you would put them on this show and not on SmackDown where they absolutely need all the help they can get with that women's division. I don't know what the plan is for Sasha Banks and Bayley, but don't expect, or Sasha Banks and Naomi rather, but don't expect Triple H to reveal all his cards in one shot. That's not what Triple H does. But we got faction warfare. Bianca Belair and Io Shirai brought a tear to my eye. I should be a poet. We got black and gold tonight. We got old school black and gold tonight with Bianca and EO. And they didn't go four minutes. They didn't go three minutes. They didn't go 90 seconds. You know, the typical Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard limit for women's wrestling. They went 15 minutes with two commercial breaks tonight. If you don't think that's change, I'm going to need you to get the fuck out of here. 
If you're not excited about that with those two ladies being in the ring and the feeling of black and gold on Monday Night Raw, led by Triple H, putting his two prized pieces in that division in the ring together tonight for the first time on the main roster, I'm going to need you to get the fuck out of here. That's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. And I said this on Saturday within the first five minutes of that after post-match segment. We got Triple H transforming completely the Monday Night Raw women's division from disaster to absolutely hopeful. It may be the best women's division in the WWE in a very, very long time. And that's all because of Bayley coming back, Dakota Kai coming back and getting another chance in WWE with Triple H leading creative, and Io Shirai, who had one foot out the door, now on the main roster, and they're all going to be taken care of. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Edge came back tonight to address he's going to end Judgment Day. We got the Usos and the Mysterios in the main event for the Tag Team Championships. Again, Edge came back earlier in the night saying that he's going to kill what he created, taking a page out of Vince McMahon's playbook. He wanted to kill what he created. And he showed up saying he was going to kill Judgment Day. And there he is in the main event. Segments led into other segments that were a part of this show. Everything connected to one another. You see, it's not that difficult to write logical television that gives you hope and optimism. It's not difficult to write television that doesn't insult our intelligence. Triple H did it on his first full-fledged night on Monday night. Why wasn't this done two, three, four weeks ago? Why wasn't this done for the last 15 fucking years? It's not that difficult, right? Triple H gives a shit. Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard did not. Now, there is a problem. And there is a major problem. WWE fans, the ones that attend these shows and the ones that attend Monday Night Raw and and SmackDown, they are so conditioned and they themselves are poisoned because of the Vince McMahon effect. Everybody's poisoned. This this crowd tonight was poisoned. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. They didn't really know how to react. It's going to be very difficult for Triple H to really break that mentality of these fans that have been so fucking brainwashed by what Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard did. The comedy, the fucking bullshit, and the 24-7 garbage that we didn't see again tonight for the second week in a row. Get the fuck out of here. Change. If you need any change, or J.D., what changed? That changed. We haven't seen it in two weeks. Good. I hope two weeks turns into two months. I hope two two months turns into two years. Get it the fuck out of here. We don't need it. But Triple H has a problem. These fans are so conditioned on what Vince McMahon did for all these years on Monday Night Raw. Vince McMahon wanted to give you campy comedy and fucking three-minute matches with no aspect of professional wrestling thrown in there. Tonight, Triple H gave you a lot of pro wrestling, a lot of those individuals, those superstars that you don't really get to see on a regular basis. Superstars that Vince McMahon got bored with and put back on his toy shelf to collect dust because he didn't see anything in them. Or they got boring. Or he got bored of them. Triple H is going to have a very difficult time breaking the fucking mentality of the fans who are going to start getting pro wrestling. You need to understand that we're going to get pro wrestling. 
We're going to get more pro wrestling than we did in the previous administration. Another thing that changed tonight was video packages highlighting the prestige of the United States Championship. Another thing that we got tonight, we got a lot of NXT references, something that wasn't done three weeks ago when Vince McMahon was still in charge. How many times did you hear Tommaso Ciampa being called a former NXT champion? One of the greatest NXT champions of all time, said Corey Graves on commentary tonight. Did you ever hear anybody on that commentary team with Bruce and Vince in charge mention Tommaso Ciampa's previous accolades in NXT? They did the same thing with Io Shirai, former NXT women's champion. We are now change. This is change, folks. And this is shit that should have been done since day one. It should have been done since day one. They are now acknowledging NXT and they're taking those statistics and they're putting them into the overall storyline arc of who you see on television coming up from NXT. That was not done two or three weeks ago. We got that a lot tonight on top of three or four different commercials for NXT on Tuesday night. There is a clear focus in what Triple H is doing here. And I love every bit of it. Every single bit of it. This show was a very, very good show. Very focused show. It was a very determined show. It was reported by Fightful that it was going to be a statement show. I don't want to use that that phrase. It was not a statement show. There was nothing major on this show that really could go and make it a statement show. But it was a better show. It was a focused show. It was a very, I would say, concise. And it was comprised of logical continuity. And I love that. Because that's not something that we're used to on Monday night. And it's something that you guys are going to have to get used to. I've seen a lot of check marks on my timeline that I'm not really following. But I see them because I'm following the genre of pro wrestling on Twitter. Claiming, oh, Monday Night Raw wasn't different. JD's on the fucking Triple H hype hype train like everybody else. I just don't see it. Clearly, you don't know what the fuck Triple H is capable of because you are the ones that neglected Triple H and his creativity when he ran NXT to be the best fucking promotion in all of pro wrestling. Now we're going to get that and... That, little by little, until he really unleashes his fucking creativity on the main roster. We're going to get that slowly but surely, week after week. This was a promising show. A promising show. For the first time in years. I can't even remember the last time that I said this publicly on a social media platform. I was legit excited for Monday Night Raw tonight. And it did not disappoint. I'm very happy with the show that we got. My friends who have stopped watching are very happy with Monday Night Raw tonight. There is an excitement in the air that is very palpable. It is being felt. You see it. And it's a great thing. And I'm excited for Friday Night SmackDown. I really am. Triple H did a great job tonight. And I'm excited to see what he does with Friday Night SmackDown. Now, they got a little bit more of a problem over there. Their roster isn't as good as Monday Night Raw. Their women's division isn't as good as Monday Night Raw. The tag team division is still in shambles. We don't know what the fuck is going on over there. Austin Theory wasn't on tonight's show. 
We didn't see no Roman Reigns. We didn't see any Kevin Owens. We didn't see Ezekiel on the show. A lot of the typical fucking bullshit that you are prone to seeing on this show, Triple H conveniently left out. You see what his vision is just by what was not on the show tonight. And if that doesn't get you excited just based on that aspect, I don't know what to tell you. Very, very good show tonight. That leaves a lot of room for optimism. If you guys are not optimistic right now, man, I'm going to need you to get on board. Because I would not be sitting here telling you guys about this, and you know how open I am about this shit. I made a fucking career out of this shit. You know how fucking open I am about this, and this is the first time in a very long time that I'm sitting here optimistic. I don't really have, I don't really have any complaints about this show tonight. So we're going to talk about all that happened on the show. We're going to go over Becky Lynch. We're going to go over the backstage update on Tommaso Ciampa and what is being planned for him. And we're going to go over what WWE and what Triple H did on week one here of this build going into Clash at the Castle. So I thank you guys for being here very, very, very much on this Monday Night Raw post show. You guys are awesome. And it's going to be a good night, man going to be a good night. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscapes. We will be doing an unboxing or an unbagging tonight on the show. You guys can get everything that's in this travel case and 20% off with free shipping by using code JerryDE at Manscaped.com. I want to thank them for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You guys are blowing up TikTok, man. I love you guys. There are a bunch of fucking idiots on there, but you guys are blowing that shit up, man. We're almost at 4,000 followers in about three weeks. It's crazy. I don't even know why I'm on Instagram anymore, to be honest with you. So go check me out on TikTok. I have been uploading clips of the show over there and engaging in conversation with you guys over there. Thank you guys for a great weekend, man. SummerSlam's post-show, almost 60,000 views with over 4,000 likes. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. You guys killed it. We blew away 135,000 subscribers. We're already on our way to 136,000. And off the script right now, man, is on fire. Thank you guys very much. Go check out all the other videos, including the SummerSlam post show on the homepage right now. Everything you need is there. We got tonight's show. There'll be an extra tomorrow. Jesse and I will be live on Wednesday with Dynamite, another big Dynamite show. Lots to get excited about, guys. Lots to get excited about. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Super chats are open. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your excitement about tonight's show. What you didn't like. And what you did like, and if you feel the change coming to Monday Night Raw on this episode, first episode that Triple H led into Houston, I want to hear from you guys. Super Chats are open. And hit that join button. Become an OTS VIP. Become a channel member. Link is in the description for easy access, man. No excuses. That link is in the description. Hit that join button and become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Isa, you don't want to be like me when you grow up. Everybody wants to be like you, man. Isa, let me tell you something. Before we even get to the show, Isa was at StarCast 
The NYC Demon Diva in the chat. One of my very, very, very good friends in the community. One of the only people, one of the very few people that I allow in my circle. Man, I'm a loner. I'm a loner. I don't really allow anybody in my circle. Issa did such a tremendous job at StarCast. And I don't really say this about anybody, man, because I usually keep to myself. And a lot of people in the community are very jealous. They don't really give out praise or thanks or or anything, they look at you with a side eye and they know what you're doing, but they'll never say or, you know, say that you're doing great or anything. They'll wait for you to fucking fail and then they'll fucking jump in and feast like the sharks that they are. Issa did such a great job at StarCast. I want to tell her right now, being that she's in there, I'm fucking proud of her, man. I'm fucking proud of her. I, listen, you, you want to be like me when you grow up, Issa? I want to be where you are. You're fucking killing it and keep doing it. I'm very proud of you. So, congratulations on all that success and Looks like you had a great time in Nashville. I wish I was there. I really, looking at all the pictures, I wish I was there. But listen, man, this is my home. This is my home here on Off the Script. But one of these days, maybe I'll get to that point. Anyway, enough of the lovey-dovey, mushy shit. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, man. Excellent show tonight. Becky Lynch started the show off, and she's injured. Becky Lynch came out wearing an arm sling, and Becky Lynch is going to be out a very, very long time. Months is what is being reported. Apparently, Becky Lynch suffered a separated shoulder during a match with Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Very good match it was at SummerSlam. I didn't really think it was better than their WrestleMania match, but a very good match nonetheless with an unbelievable post-show or post-match, rather, segment that got everybody excited with the debuts of Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, now Io Sky, and Bailey coming back to the WWE. Separated shoulder in that match with Bianca Belair. I do believe it happened on a glam slam attempt, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I do think that's where she got hurt. WWE wrote Lynch off storylines by having her get attacked by Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai tonight. WWE then later announced that on Twitter that Lynch will be out several months. Now, a separated shoulder could be a couple of weeks. could be about five or six weeks. It could be three to four or five months. We don't know. So, WWE, I want to let you guys know, they usually embellish on things. I hope it's not serious. I hope it's not serious for Becky Lynch, and I do hope that she's back sooner rather than later. But I will go over in a little bit, after what I tell you guys about Becky Lynch tonight and what she said, Becky Lynch's absence from this division right now on Monday Night Raw isn't really going to be that big of a blow just because of what Triple H did at SummerSlam. If this was in the Vince McMahon administration, we'd have a fucking problem because Bianca Belair would have no competition. But with Becky Lynch going down now, it's definitely looked at as a negative, but it's not as catastrophic as it could have been if Triple H wasn't there and we didn't get Bayley, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai on Monday Night Raw. The company... Mixed the real injury with a backstage attack tonight to explain why she will be off TV for a while, seemingly to set up Lynch to get her revenge when she returns to TV. WWE tweeted the following, and I quote, After suffering a separated shoulder at SummerSlam, Becky Lynch's injury was further exacerbated after an attack from Bayley, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky earlier tonight on Raw. As a result, Becky Lynch is expected to be out for several months, end quote. Becky Lynch and her absence is not going to be as detrimental as everybody is saying online. You guys have nothing to be afraid of. 
This division is still stacked, and we don't know what's going to happen. Just me thinking ahead in the months to come, typically WWE either has a shakeup or a draft. I assume we're getting a draft this year. So no matter what's going on, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say that Triple H is going to include a couple of NXT call-ups, and Becky Lynch's absence with this separated shoulder isn't going to be as as catastrophic as people are making it out to be. She will be replaced, and then when she comes back, the division is only going to be stronger. But right now, look at the Monday Night Raw Women's Division. Alexa Bliss, I mean, you could take it or leave it with Alexa Bliss. I'm not a fan. I don't think she's good at all, but she's still a top-tier name in that division. We got Alexa Bliss. We got Asuka. Rhea Ripley is looking great out there, right? Finally, and you know Triple H is going to take care of Rhea Ripley, so we got those three. We got Bailey. We got Io Shirai. We got Dakota Kai. We got Bianca Belair. If you want to throw Dana Brooke in there and get her a serious fucking match, not really. Who, who the fuck am I kidding? That is a solid division. That is a solid division. With the news that we got Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back, we don't know where they're going to end up. Everybody was like, oh, Bianca's going to need backup. I even insinuated to it on social media, but I do think that they end up on SmackDown. Those are some solid fucking names there. And Bianca Belair has no shortage of competition right now. Becky Lynch is only going to come back and make those names stronger. And just to let you guys in on what potentially could happen, this might not even be the Monday Night Raw Women's Division come October. If there's another draft, we may get these names shuffled around. Triple H may have plans about who's going where and who's going to operate on what brand. We don't know. But for right now, on Monday night, that is a solid women's division. Much more solid than what was going on three weeks ago. Becky Lynch made her way out to the ring. She had a shoulder strap on or a sling on her arm. So they got Becky in the ring with a microphone. Chance of Becky, Becky, Becky. She's not wearing some over-the-top, cringe-like outfit. She's not wearing fucking glasses that are bigger than her head. She's not having her hair all look witch-like. She's out there as Rebecca Quinn. She's out there as the Becky Lynch that you and I first fell in love with. So already we're feeling change. Already we're feeling change. I talked about this on Off the Script last night when we were live on YouTube with episode 438. Vince McMahon refused to turn Becky Lynch into a babyface. One of Paul Paul Levesque's first things sitting in that fucking creative chair. We're turning Becky Lynch back to a babyface. He knew that she wasn't working out as a heel. We knew she wasn't working out as a heel. And I'm sure she knew she wasn't working out as a heel. So why continue something that's not working and why continue to embarrass Becky Lynch every single time she goes out there, having her get the reactions that really aren't heel-like, but it's more go-away heat. More, you suck, I want to cheer you, but WWE's not giving me any reason to. He changed all that. He changed all that and for the better. She said it wasn't the fancy clothes or the constant need for glory or validation, but she finally remembered who she is. So she said it all came down to the relentlessness and determination and persistence and owning every mistake she's made and the pursuit to be better today than she was yesterday. Shoot. To me, I don't know how you guys interpreted that line. I interpreted it as a shoot. I'm better today than I was yesterday. 
That's just the way I see it. She said when she separated her shoulder at SummerSlam, she could have given up or pushed forth to give it everything she had. She said she grit her teeth and she fought through 20 of the most painful minutes of her career. She said she realized her shoulder was separated, but so was her grip on reality. She touted the women's division in WWE. There was nothing to tout before Triple H got in office and took over creative. Now you can tout about it because I'm right there with you. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. She gave it her best, but her best wasn't good enough. She said she's not defined by one match, though. And she said she defines the match and the title. I will not be defined by any man. I define as the man. So she said her comeback story starts now. Now, again, I, I, listen, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I kind of take what she's saying here. She says she defines the match in the title, and I will not be defined by any man. I define the man. Kind of sounds like a shot at Vince McMahon. Kind of sounds like a shot at Vince McMahon and the idea of Becky Lynch in his head being a heel. And it really, to me, sounds like she's shitting on that version of herself. I could be wrong. So she wants to thank Bianca Belair for making her the B-E-S-T she can be. For the last year, she asked her to come out. Belair came skipping out to the ring. This is okay because you won the match. You didn't get beat down. You didn't fucking uh, look like a loser. You know, typically WWE has Bianca Belair lose, and she's coming out there twirling her fucking braid. <laughs> you know. She came out. She won the match at SummerSlam. She had a great match. She had Becky Lynch backing her up against uh, Bailey's new faction, and she's out there twirling her hair. Today, she deserves to twirl her hair and smile to the Houston crowd. So she's out there, and Belair pranced to the ring. An EST chant started with Bianca. Belair said she is the man, Becky Lynch. They hugged. Becky said, hold it down. And Bianca said, I will. I'll see you soon. She left the ring to another Becky chant, and Becky Lynch walked into the back. Belair said she had nothing but respect for Becky Lynch. She said she respects her, and some may wonder how that's possible, considering she has shaken her hand, only to use the other hand to smack her in the face. Belair said she never wanted to be handed anything. She said Becky made her work for elevating the meaning of the belt. She said earning Becky's respect respect means something, 
She said, now that there's a target on her back, she'll never be caught slipping. So she says she's ready for whatever's next. And all of a sudden, we get Becky Lynch in the back being attacked as soon as she walks into Gorilla. Bailey is blasting her in the arm with the steel chair. Io Shirai is putting boots to her. Dakota Kai is putting boots to, be, to Becky Lynch. And Bianca sees this, and she runs to the back immediately to go hopefully uh, save Becky Lynch from further injury here and to go chase off Bailey and her new faction of females. So this was great. Becky Lynch was written off. She was written off because she's going to be off TV for a little bit. I thought it might be a couple-week thing, and I was hoping that she wasn't really injured, but she's going to be out several months, and they wrote her off TV. Nicely done by WWE to write Becky Lynch off. Bianca Belair and whatever she's got coming up next is very exciting. I do hope, though, with the caliber of opponents that Bianca Belair has in front of her. We got Dakota Kai, we got Io Shirai, we got Bailey, we got Rhea Ripley. There's no shortage of opponents for Bianca Belair. Now, I'm not saying she's going to run through all of them, but Jesse and I were talking about this tonight, and I think everybody can really understand where I'm coming from with this. Bianca Belair as a babyface is fine, but Bianca Belair doesn't have... To me, she doesn't emit that, that, that championship vibe. I don't know how to put it. I don't know the right word to use. You know, Bianca Belair in NXT. I, I'm going to go back and describe Bianca Belair in NXT for you. Bianca Belair was, I don't want to use the word ghetto, but Bianca Belair was tough. Bianca Belair had this no bullshit attitude. Bianca Belair didn't take any shit from anybody. It almost feels like Bianca Belair has a lot of work to do. Triple H has a lot of work to do with Bianca Belair because she's so she's so, she's, she's so Vince McMahon-esque. This is the Vince McMahon version of Bianca Belair. You know, the one that goes out there smiling and, you know, twirling her braid and skipping and, you know, she's got nice things to say and she's, you know, lo- lo- looking into the crowd and the, all the little girls are there. That's, that's great. That's great. But as a champion... And as somebody who's getting their shit pushed in by heel here, heel here, you got Bailey now fucking pushing your shit in. I need to start seeing some fucking rough and tough, down and dirty, gritty Bianca Belair. I don't want to see this baby face smiling bullshit. You know, everything is all right. I'm the champion and I'm the EST and all this other shit. No. No, we know you're, I said this months ago. I said this last year when she was SmackDown champion. We know that. We know what you are. It is time to start showing us. I hope that Triple H really takes this Vince McMahon version of Bianca Belair and starts to slowly incorporate what he did with Bianca in NXT. Because to me, still to this day, that was the best Bianca Belair that we've gotten so far. And ever since she's made the main roster, we've moved so far away from that Bianca Belair, I don't even remember what the fuck that Bianca Belair felt like. That needs to happen. That's the direction Bianca Belair needs to go in. Otherwise, this was great. Becky Lynch, I don't believe I'm going to say this. I got the fucking sound effect here with Becky Lynch, you know, the little hobbitses and, and fucking Gollum, right? The little hobbitses and no more. Becky Lynch didn't sound like that. Becky Lynch sounded like the man. Becky Lynch sounded like the Irish last kicker tonight. 
Becky Lynch sounded human. This was the best Becky Lynch sounded since last year. We had a full year of Becky Lynch sounding awful. One of the worst segments of the show was Becky Lynch. This was the best presentation, and this was the best promo that Becky Lynch cut in over 365 days. Well, less than 365 days because SummerSlam was in August last year, and we had one in July this year. You get my point. I don't believe I said that. I don't believe I just said that admitted to you guys. Becky Lynch sounded normal tonight, and she sounded great. And when she comes back, she's going to pick right where she left off, pick up right where she left off tonight. And I think that's a very, very, very good direction for Becky Lynch. Good stuff here. Mustafa Ali versus AJ Styles versus The Miz. This was a triple threat match. This was a triple threat match, and the winner of this match would be placed in a one-on-one match to go wrestle the winner of another triple threat match. It was going to happen later on in the evening for the United States Championship number one contendership. I like it. I like it. Triple H is not giving us championship contenders matches. He's not booking the champion to lose on Monday night, only to have them lose and then set up the next challenger via a win over the champion. Change. Change. Two weeks ago, this isn't what I'm talking about. This is change, and this is a beautiful thing. So, we got this triple threat match. There were a lot of cool spots in this match. You know, the Miz is the Miz. He was working uh, kayfabe injured here with tape around his ribs, obviously selling the frog splash from Logan Paul through the table at their SummerSlam match on Saturday. Ali gave Styles a tornado DDT off the apron. It looked like he was shot from a fucking cannon on the outside. It looked brutal. Ali entered the ring. Miz caught him with a skull-crushing finale. He took too long to make the cover because he was selling the ribcage from SummerSlam. Ali kicked out. Ali hit Miz with a 450 splash, but his momentum sent him right into the arms of AJ Styles and into a Styles clash. I'm not going to do this spot justice. Ali, looking down at the Miz, 450 splash. He rolled through right into perfectly setting up for a Styles clash. Styles caught him as he bounced off the Miz in this 450. Styles clash down. One, two, three. Styles pins Ali. And Styles goes on to one half of the number one contendership for the United States Championship. Very, very good match. Crowd was fucking dead. I don't know what the fuck Houston was doing. I had a couple of correspondents at the show telling me that they were a bunch of old heads in the show looking at their phones. Why? You got pro wrestling happening right before your very eyes with AJ Styles and Ali. And yes, The Miz is there, but The Miz had a great match at SummerSlam. So we'll give him a bye this week. We'll give him a pass. But still, you're getting change right in front of you. AJ Styles is out there winning matches and nothing. Crickets. Not a single fucking peep. Another thing I want to mention before I even get ahead of myself. Another thing that we got tonight was the fact that WWE did not pipe in any crowd noise all show. We did not get any piped in crowd noise tonight. And I can't tell you 
how refreshing it was to not hear fucking fans cheering when this crowd sat on their fucking hands all night. It is refreshing to see the crowd not be enhanced and, you know, produced via the the, 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 the soundtrack from Kevin Dunn. I love it. Now, the, 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 the workers, you know, Styles and The Miz and everybody else on this roster are going to have to work a little bit hard to get the crowd over or get themselves over and get this fucking crowd excited. But that's the beauty of pro wrestling. When there's a genuine excited crowd, there's nothing better. So hopefully they really fall into that mentality and really get on board with what Triple H is trying to give us tonight or give us every week on Monday and Friday. AJ Styles wins. There was nobody else winning this match. Styles winning this match was the right call. Ali, great. I hope he gets a focus on the show. He definitely should be in a lot better hands with Triple H than he was with Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. But there was nobody else here but AJ Styles. I was hoping for a Styles Champa match, and that's exactly what we ended up getting, and this was the right outcome here. Very good match. It went about eight, nine minutes. Not really much to uh, really go on there, but Styles got the cool ending with the Styles Clash off the 450, and he advances to the number one contendership. Adam Pearce was backstage checking on Becky Lynch after the attack by Bailey. Sarah Schreiber approached Bailey. EO and Dakota, Bailey said what they did wasn't about Becky. It was about them. She said everyone would find out what they mean soon. The Usos walked into the arena and they smiled at Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai. I mean, if EO Shirai is walking by you, why not smile, man? She's a beautiful lady. They talked about beating the Street Profits again. And they said they will beat the Mysterios once again tonight in the main events. Now, as far as Bailey and her new faction is concerned, we have Bailey possibly dropping a teaser about what the faction may be. And she mentioned tonight it's all about them, it's all about control. I mentioned this on the podcast last night, and Bailey took to Twitter yesterday afternoon, and she quoted Janet Jackson based on her tweets, and it looks like she may be kind of letting you in on what the name of the faction is, and the name of the faction could end up being called Control. No, not Control Your Narrative. No, we're not getting Braun Strowman, but Control. And she tweeted this, and I quote, it's a lyric from Janet Jackson. This is a story about control, my control, control of what I say, control of what I do, and this time I'm going to do it my way. I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Are we ready? I am, because it's all about control, and I've got lots of it, end quote. I like the name. I like the name a lot. Now, why is this faction a thing? Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai. Why is this faction a thing? Fightful reported that this faction was actually pitched a while ago. This was before Dakota Kai's firing. And people telling me that Dakota Kai wasn't released. Of course she was released. People think that Dakota Kai was still under WWE contract. No, she wasn't. Dakota Kai was released in April. She was released alongside Dexter Loomis. And Parker Boudreaux. 
And Malcolm Bivens, who asked for his release and was granted, she was fired. Vince McMahon, he was given these creative plans, and this idea was pitched. Dakota Kai, who worked main roster, SmackDown, dark shows, right, dark matches, before Friday Night SmackDown. This was earlier in the year. They saw nothing in her. They had EO work, dark matches, before SmackDown. They seen nothing in her. Imagine. Imagining having, imagine having a Dakota Kai and an EO Shirai on your main roster, potentially, and you don't see anything in them. Dakota Kai is a very valuable asset. She's a very, very good in-ring worker. She's a very, very good promo. And she could show you, and she has shown you, that she's a very good heel. The heel turn by Dakota Kai on Tegan Knox was tremendous. I don't know how anybody didn't get excited about that. Io Shirai, no matter who you talk to, everybody says the same thing. One of the best in the world, period. One of the best in the world in, in all of pro wrestling when it comes to women's pro wrestling. And yet WWE found no interest in using either of these women. They released Dakota Kai, and they were about to let Io Shirai walk out of the fucking company. This faction was pitched to Vince McMahon well before Dakota Kai's release. You know what he said? I'm not interested. I don't want it. This does not excite me at all. And Vince McMahon turned these plans down. Other pitched versions of the faction included Raquel Rodriguez and Kaylee Ray, who's now Alba Fire. Now, there was a tease, I believe, on, on Twitter today about Alba Fire potentially insinuating that she could join Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai on the main roster. Could be. I don't know. I wasn't a big Kaylee Ray guy, but I like the gimmick of Alba Fire, and I like the presentation that they gave her in NXT. She's way too good for that fucking show. She doesn't need to be there. I mean, she's feuding with Lash Legend right now. If you think that's the best use of Kaylee Ray, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get her on the main roster and put her in this group. I think that'd be great. After EO was injured in April at Stand and Deliver, she was on the sidelines for several months. Before SummerSlam, it was reported that she had been medically cleared, but Meltzer reported that she had one foot out the door and WWE was going to let her walk. Imagine a company having her on the roster and you're not going to do anything to keep her there. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. She wanted to go back to stardom. She wanted to go be closer to her family. AEW potentially may be working with stardom as far as a partnership is concerned. We don't know where that's going. She could have ended up over there and worked both of those promotions. You're going to actively let her walk out on her own accord? That is a dumb fucking move. Triple H, put a stop to that. You ain't, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't going anywhere. You're going right on the main roster, and I'm going to take fucking care of you. So that's what happened there. Many believe in WWE that Triple H made it a priority to bring Dakota Kai back into the company, and he did. Io Shirai to the main roster, and he did. Dakota Kai even had talks with Tony Khan, and they did not go anywhere past the introductory phase. Now they're on Monday Night Raw, and I'm glad. I'm glad Dakota Kai didn't go to AEW. I'm glad Io Shirai did not go anywhere. The full potential of both of these women hasn't even reached any level yet. And now here they are on Monday night making your women's division better than Vince McMahon could have ever come up with. In five minutes, he transformed that entire women's division at SummerSlam. 
There's a lot to be excited about. Seth Rollins made his ring entrance. And he's in the middle of the ring. He did not wrestle Matt Riddle at SummerSlam. A lot of people were like, oh, who's Seth Rollins going to wrestle? He didn't wrestle anybody. They didn't even make a match for him. They didn't promote a match for him. They didn't say he was wrestling on the show. They just pulled it. Why did they pull it? Because Triple H wanted to embark on the journey of long-term booking. He wanted five more weeks of build for Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Do you blame him? By all means, tell a story, bro. I'll go grab my cold beverage and my fucking snack. I don't care. Plus, SummerSlam went almost four hours anyway. I'm glad. We didn't miss it at all. So Rollins is out there. We got a video package recapping Seth beating on Riddle at SummerSlam. Seth bragged about what he did and celebrated that they don't have to hear from Riddle tonight. He said it took a lot of guts for Riddle to show up when he wasn't cleared and calling him out. But there is a thin line between being gutsy and being stupid. And Riddle has crossed the stupid line more times than I can count. He said, though, there is a silver lining. And that silver lining is, he said, Riddle wanted so badly to be like his big bro, Randy. And now he is on the shelf with a career-threatening injury, which is not the case. That's just kayfabe. That's just storyline. So he started laughing, and he said, now Riddle is out of the picture. He can turn his attention to Roman Reigns. The crowd oohed and odd over Rollins mentioning Reigns. So he was interrupted by the unlikeliest of duos here, or I should say individual, Montez Ford. Montez Ford was out there with Angelo Dawkins. Seth told them to shut down their music as they both walked out. Seth said they're both losers like the Houston Rockets. He says they should just break up. Another tease there. Another one of those little seeds planted right there. The Street Profits should just break up, says Seth Rollins. So the Prophet said, listen, didn't we beat you for the tag team titles way back when? And didn't you get beat up by Cody Rhodes when he only had one booby, he says. Seth says he'd love to fight both of them, but he says it's not fair. He says if they split up, wink, wink, and find their way back to him, they can revisit the idea of a match. Angelo Dawkins then asked the crowd if they'd like to see one of them beat up Seth Rollins. The crowd cheered. Dawkins told Seth, be careful what you wish. Dawkins said Montez Ford and he are going to do rock, paper, scissors, and that is going to determine who is going to wrestle Seth Rollins. I, I, I believe this is a thing between them, and this was probably the only hokey part of the show, rock, paper, scissors, to determine who's going to wrestle Seth freaking Rollins tonight. So... They were about to do rock, paper, scissors, and Montez Ford pulled a dick move and grabbed the referee who was officiating this unbelievable game of rock, paper, scissors, grabbed the referee, ran to the ring, threw the referee into the ring, and he basically chose himself to wrestle Rollins over Dawkins. Now, out of the two, obviously, I think the majority choice is going to be Montez Ford, but This was done by design, folks. This was done by design. Everybody's like, oh, Montez Ford is going to turn heel. Montez Ford is going to go to the dark side and 
he's showing anger and he's showing frustration and he's going to turn on Angelo Dawkins. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that so quickly. This rock, paper, scissors thing falls in line with what I said at the beginning of the show. Everything was done for a purpose. Do you think this was thrown into the show to make you ha, 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 ha? No, this was done to tell you that Angelo Dawkins sitting back and having him sit on the sidelines because Montez Ford is the guy and Montez Ford is the star and Montez Ford, you know, wants to show everybody what he can do and, you know, not really do anything with Angelo Dawkins. This all led to one thing for me, and that is Angelo Dawkins is absolutely going to be the one to turn heel on Montez Ford. Not the other way around. Nobody wants to see a baby face Angelo Dawkins. Nobody wants to see a heel Montez Ford. It's got to be the other way around. You're not turning Montez Ford into a solo act and having him go heel. That would be the dumbest fucking thing that WWE could do. This guy has all the tools and all the makings of a breakout superstar. You want him to go heel? No, you want to ride that momentum. You want him to thrive as a fan favorite. The fans backing Montez is only going to enhance Montez as a solo act. The fans backing Montez Ford is only going to enhance the entire overall babyface presentation of Montez Ford being the next breakout guy in the WWE. And Angelo Dawkins, he's got a perfect story that is self-explanatory. Everybody under the sun, me included, and everybody else that does what I do, thinks that he is the Genetti of the group. Everybody's got to be the Genetti. And let me tell you something, man. Marty Genetti in his prime was fucking good. There's nothing wrong with being a Genetti. It's just the way the fucking cookie crumbles. Obviously, everybody looks at Montez as being the Shawn Michaels of the Street Profits and Angelo Dawkins being the Genetti. Everybody's got to be the Genetti. But this is self-explanatory. Selfish. Jealousy. He's had enough of being overlooked. He has every fucking reason under the sun. And this rock, paper, scissors thing is all that he needs to say, this guy is constantly stealing my thunder and overlooking me. He's just as bad as the fans online. He's just as bad as the fans in this fucking arena who don't believe in me. He wants to show everybody that he's better than me and not give me a chance. This rock, paper, scissors game was the beginning of the heel turn of Angelo Dawkins. That's my opinion there. This match with Montez and Seth Rollins, this was fantastic. If this is any glimpse into what we're going to get as a Montez Ford babyface, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. So this went about, I'd say, 12, 13 minutes or so. Ford got plenty of offense in this thing, lots of near falls. There was a huge tornado DDT at one point that really got the crowd awake in this thing. Awesome stuff. So Ford, he was going back and forth with Montez, uh, with uh, Seth, rather, was Montez for a little bit. Ford took early control here, threw Rollins into the ringside barricade. Seth took over with an elbow, threw Ford into the ring. He went for a quick cover, did Montez, after a kick to Seth's face. 
Fort climbed the top rope. Seth rolled out to the floor. So Seth then set up for pedigree. Ford backdropped out of it. Seth controlled the match for a little bit, beating down Montez, getting that heel heat. Ford started to make that baby face comeback that we all love. He scored a two count off of a huge flying top rope crossbody. Ford stayed in control for a little bit. Seth came back with a Falcon's arrow and a buckle bomb for a two count. Seth went for a top rope, top rope frog splash, but Ford moved out of the way. Ford then climbed to the top rope and went for the frog splash again. And Seth got the knees up. He hit the stomp, and that was pretty much it after the failed frog splash attempt. He did get the knees up, went right into the curb stomp, and a clean win for Seth Rollins over Montez Ford. Seth teased another stomp after the match was over. Angelo Dawkins ran in for the save, and Seth backed away and retreated. Corey Graves does a lot of the, the, the planting of the seeds there. He even said a lot of people are speculating on the future of Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins as a team. He said Ford tonight made believers out of many, many with his performance against Seth Rollins one-on-one. They are letting you know it is coming. It is coming. We don't know when. My question is, I have no problem with it, but my question is, what are we doing with the tag team division? That's what I want to know. If you break up the Street Profits, if there is an idea in Triple H's mind to resuscitate and revive the tag team division, you, you, you would think that he wants the Street Profits a part of that. Apparently he doesn't. So my question is, what is Triple H thinking with a Street Profits breakup? Montez going babyface and Angelo Dawkins going here. Heel, what are, what are we doing to revive the tag team division? Because outside of the Street Profits and the Usos, there really isn't anything right now. I don't know. We got the New Day. We got the Viking Raiders. We got Los Lotharios, right? We got Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Solid team. Again, we may be looking at a draft. We may be getting some teams from NXT called up to the main roster. We may be getting Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma on the main roster. We may be getting Pretty Deadly on the main roster. Those pretty boys in NXT. We may be getting some tag team revival with some of the teams in NXT. I honestly think, and I'll talk about this a little later when I talk about The Miz and Champa. I honestly have a feeling that WWE is going to go in a certain direction here with Champa and The Miz, and I'll talk about that a little later. Maybe it helps the tag team division. I don't know. But that's my question. What is WWE going to do to fix the tag team division in the WWE? There are no teams. Alpha Academy still there, but I don't know what they're doing with Gable. They look to be wanting to push Gable as a solo guy. I love it, but what are you going to do with Otis? There's a lot of questions that still need answers. Montez, very great, uh, very good match. I, I'd say it was a great match. Great television match. Against Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins gets the victory. Moving on. They talked about Alexa Bliss and Asuka. And what had happened with them, now they're in a match. We got Alexa Bliss and Asuka. This really wasn't much of a match. This really served a purpose to tell a greater story. This match went about three minutes. It went to a no contest. And there really wasn't much between these two women. Thank God, because I can't really stand to see Alexa Bliss wrestle. I think she's terrible. They were having a back and forth match. All of a sudden, Bailey 
Dakota Kai and EO Sky come out and attack and cause a DQ slash no contest here. It looked like Sky was setting up for the moonsault, her finishing move, and she had a steel chair with her, so she obviously wanted to do a lot of damage here. But Belair ran out to chase them off. Belair then says on the microphone, I want one of you in a match, any one of you, tonight. And Io Shirai, Io Sky automatically steps up and says, I got it. So we're getting Io Sky versus Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw in a non-title match. NXT Black and Gold is living on in Triple H's vision on Monday Night Raw. We move on from that, and we go to Chad Gable. Chad Gable is cutting a promo, and he's getting ready for his triple threat match against Tommaso Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler. So he's out there shitting on Houston, Texas, which is always a great thing. I love when Chad Gable is talking about how smart he is and how great he is. The master, Chad Gable, cut a promo on his way to the ring saying he would win this match and he would beat that ignoramus AJ Styles and put this country on his back once again. He was a real winner and not a cheater like, and he smirked like the Houston Astros. Fuck the Astros. They went down to uh, my Braves last year in the World Series. Good. I don't know if that's going to be the same thing this year, but we'll see what happens, man. Anyway, we got a great triple threat match here. This was actually better than the first triple threat match. Probably went around the same time limit, but this was a lot better to me, and it was the better of the two triple threat matches. We got Champa, Chad Gable, and Dolph Ziggler in this triple threat match. The winner of this match would go on to wrestle AJ Styles for the number one contendership for the United States title. So... Gable put Ziggler in an ankle lock. Champa applied a cross face at one point. So it was a, there was a double submission on Dolph Ziggler here. Gable kicked Champa aside, but Champa broke things up by giving Gable a leg lariat. Champa gave Ziggler a huge air raid crash, which he's known to do. This was his signature move in NXT, a huge air raid crash off the middle rope. But Gable broke up that cover with a huge diving headbutt off the top rope. As Gable gave Champa a German suplex, Ziggler brought Gable down with a zigzag. I thought this could have been the ending. I thought Ziggler was going to go on wrestle AJ Styles. That would have been a great match, but not the right outcome. So Zigzag only got a two count. They traded cradles, all three of them, and counters until Champa hit Gable with a huge knee strike with the knee pad exposed. Fairy tale ending, which is his finishing move for the one, two, three. And that was it. Crowd was pretty quiet for this because, you know, to be fair, Chad Gable, they don't really know much of Chad Gable. They don't really, you know, they don't really get to see Gable in that type of competitive match every week. Champa is relatively new. WWE did nothing to expose Champa to the live audience and tell the live audience who Champa was and his accolades in NXT and how great he was. They just threw him out there. They felt like, yeah, we'll pair him with The Miz, and then he'll get over because everybody loves The Miz, and everybody reacts to The Miz. No. No, it doesn't work that way. He shouldn't even be paired with The Miz. 
So WWE, like I said in the beginning, is going to have a very difficult time. Triple H is going to have a lot of work to do to decondition these fans on what they've been poisoned to with Vince McMahon. It's going to come, but it's going to come in time. The more you see Champa and how good he is, and the more you hear Champa and hear how great of a promo he is and how legit he is, you're going to fall in love with Tommaso Champa. Same thing with Ali. The more you see Ali, you're going to realize how great Ali is. The more you see Gable, you're going to realize how Gable is, how great Gable is. Ziggler may be a lost cause. I mean, that ship is fucking sailed. But Ziggler's a great pro wrestler. He may be one of the best guys that they got. It's going to take time. But Tommaso Ciampa winning this match made me smile. This was absolutely the right outcome of this match. Ciampa and Styles will face tonight one-on-one, and the winner gets Bobby Lashley in a United States Championship match next week on Monday Night Raw. Now, the rumor is, and this also brings a smile to my face, and you can see where Triple H and the direction of this show is going. Fans are going to expect changes. Fans are going to expect newer stars, people that they didn't really think were going to be pushed to get pushed. People are going to see stars get TV time that in the past administration was never going to get TV time. There was never going to be any plans for a Tommaso Ciampa under a Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard run Monday Night Raw. That's going to change. If you've been watching Monday Night Raw over the past couple of weeks, there have been subtle hints dropped by Ciampa that he could be breaking away from The Miz. This is going to be awesome. And I think it needs, no pun intended, and I think it needs to happen. It was clear on Saturday night during their entrance that the idea is The Miz wants the spotlight for himself and he's just using Champa. Now, it looks like we could see the old NXT Champa very, very soon on the main roster. I want to see that black and gold wearing uh, Tommaso Champ. He used to be so proud of the black and gold. He's out here wearing fucking, you know, fancy, colorful fucking outfits. And he's out there wearing uh, NXT-like colors with the fucking green and the purple and all this other shit. That's not the Champa we need. We need psycho killer Tommaso Champa, Or at least something close to what we got in the black and gold. Fightful Select is reporting that there have been discussions about enhancing Champa's presentation. And the idea is to put more of a focus on his in-ring abilities, similar to how he was presented when he was in NXT. There's also been a lot of talk of getting his old NXT theme back. Please, for the love of God, get his old theme back. Whatever they gave him is fucking Garbage. He's gone through two themes already, and both of them have been hideous. Whatever they got him coming out to now, I mean, it's not even something that gets you excited about seeing who the fuck it's really representing. It's so slow and fucking brooding, and it's it's slow. It's not impactful at all. His old NXT theme was great. Now, his best theme was no theme. That's just my honest opinion. That's when he came out and got absolutely volcanic levels of heat. No theme. His theme was the booing of Full Sail University. Man, do I miss those days. But whatever needs to be done to get his old theme back, we need to get his old theme back because this shit sucks. This shit is awful. Champ has been praised for how he's rolled with everything. 
given to him when Vince McMahon was still in charge and received a lot of praise for his recent promo work with The Miz. This is not a huge shock to anybody because Triple H absolutely adores Tommaso Ciampa. He also adores Tommaso Ciampa's real-life best friend in Johnny Gargano, which I'll get to in a second. Someone who's very well-respected in that NXT locker room, Triple H loves Ciampa, and Triple H is going to take care of Tommaso Ciampa on Monday night. Nobody should be surprised by that seeing who's writing the show. This is a long time coming, and this is exactly what should have been done with Triple H or without Triple H. Tommaso Ciampa gave you how many years in NXT? How many years did he give you in NXT? I remember seeing him in DIY. I remember seeing him in the Cruiserweight Classic Wrestling Gargano in the first round. That was basically the fucking appetizer for what we got in their trilogy. One of the greatest storylines in the history of this company was Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Nothing since that storyline has even held a candle to the storytelling that we got in that match, in, in that feud, and the matches that we got out of those two, including the cinematic match, which was great. Nothing has held a candle, storyline-wise. Nothing. One of the greatest fucking feuds in the history of the company. It was basically Shawn Michaels and Triple H living vicariously through Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. That's why it was so great. On top of how great Ciampa and Gargano are, it was booked by Shawn Michaels and and Triple H. What I think is going to happen here is Ciampa is going to lose. Ciampa is going to lose this match with Bobby Lashley next week in Cleveland. Coincidentally, the show next week is in Cleveland, Ohio, right? I think Champa, at this point, not going to win the United States Championship. No reason to take that title off of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's a big name. He's the type of guy you want holding that belt, especially if there's no world title on that show, right? Bobby Lashley's a major name, brings that title to prominence. He said he's going to go out there and defend it no matter how many times every single week. He'll do it. Champa is the guy, but he's not the guy right now. Miz turns on Champa. Champa turns babyface. Champa is being beaten down by the Miz. And I may be fantasy booking here. I may be fantasy booking here, but I feel like Miz turns on Champa. Out comes Johnny Gargano to save his best friend. We get DIY back together. DIY tag team on Monday Night Raw. DIY against Miz and a returning John Morrison. But this time, an adult version of John Morrison. Not the drip stick John Morrison. Not the fucking comedic bullshit zombies John Morrison and Miz. I think we get Miz and Morrison back together against DIY on the main I'm Listen, I may be fantasy booking. I may be fantasy booking. But I feel like Johnny Gargano is going to reveal himself next week. I feel like Johnny Gargano is going to come out next week. And this is leading to that. Because let's be real. Tommaso Ciampa doesn't need the Miz. He never needed the Miz. What is the Miz doing for Tommaso Ciampa? Nothing. Tommaso Ciampa is going to be fine if you just let him be Tommaso Ciampa. We need Rebel Hart to come play next week in Cleveland and save his best friend. That's what I feel like we're going to get next week. Now, Champa, you guys saw how good he was tonight. Not only in this triple threat match, but against AJ Styles. 
Tommaso Ciampa is the greatest heel. And you can quote me on this. You could, you could sit here and agree with me or not agree with me. And I don't really give a shit if you disagree with me on this take. I don't give a fuck because what I'm saying is the way it is. And you can go fucking kiss my ass. Tommaso Ciampa is the greatest heel in the last decade in WWE. This guy gave you five, six, seven years of his life in NXT, including a broken neck. This man deserves everything that's coming to him on the main roster. And if he's there to share it with Johnny, if Johnny is really back, then it's all that much better. Tommaso Ciampa getting this opportunity is a long time coming. The greatest villain Heel in NXT history, the greatest heel in WWE in the last decade, the greatest NXT champion of all time. You want greatest NXT champion of all time? You may mention Samoa Joe or Adam Cole or fucking Seth Rollins. It's Champa. Nobody even comes close to Tommaso Champa. So the fact that this is happening with him now, you got no, no complaints out of me. None. I love it. This is exactly what I signed up for. This is exactly the change that me and many have wanted. And Champa leading the charge and getting this type of treatment on the main roster is exactly the type of change, not only what we wanted, but exactly the type of change that this show needed. We got an Edge promo. Edge is out there, and thank God, man. I heard his theme music at, at SummerSlam on Saturday. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was like an unreleased track from Alter Bridge that I didn't hear. It was like a mix of the Brood music, a remix of the Brood music. And he came down, and he helped the Mysterios win over Judgment Day. I can confidently say that Edge is back with Metalingus and the sweet sounds of Alter Bridge and Miles Kennedy are back on WWE television. There you go. Love it. Will this lead to the rated R superstar? I certainly hope so. Right now, we got this brooding edge. But the fact that he's back with Alter Bridge as his theme music, his original theme, is great. So he's out there. He's cutting a promo. Everybody loved Edge. The crowd finally woke up. After all these hours, the crowd finally woke up in the second hour. Ed said, thanks for that, because to be fair, for the last few months, I've been a bit of an asshole. But the changes now, uh, we both get what we want with the changes that we're seeing now. He said he created the Judgment Day with the idea to get the potential out of some of the superstars that were being underutilized by passing along some of the knowledge he acquired within the many years of traveling on the road and All of the years of his career, he wanted to pass down that knowledge. He says, when they had their first taste of power, they pulled one over on Edge. He says he didn't see it coming, which is to their credit. He said, now it's time to kill what he created. He is going to end the judgment day. This was a very short, very sweet promo by Edge. He threw the mic down and that's it. He didn't really have much to say. What else is there to say? Very brief, very to the point. I'm back. They kicked me out. I wanted to do this. They weren't a part of it. They had all the power, and their first abuse of power was to kick me out. Now I'm going to kill what I created. I'm going to end Judgment Day. Mic drop. 
I like how brief this was. There really isn't much to say. Judgment Day can go on and be killed, for all I care. I don't know what happens to them when Edge gets done with them. Do we get Balor going back to being Finn Balor? Do we get somewhere along the character development of Balor that we saw in NXT, maybe under a Triple H administration? I don't know. Do we get that Finn Balor that we saw in his second run in NXT on the main roster? Finally. That Balor was fucking great. That was the best I've seen of Finn Balor in all of his years in WWE. The second run he had in NXT was tremendous. Won the NXT title. He was having great matches. I can see Triple H wanting him to go back to that. He knows this is a dead fucking concept. The fuck is he doing here? He don't even act like the leader of Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley's more the leader of Judgment Day than Finn Balor and Damian Priest is. Maybe Damian Priest goes back to being more along the lines of Archer of Infamy, Damian Priest. That was the best version of Damian Priest until Vince McMahon wanted to turn him into fucking the Incredible Hulk with a split personality. And Rhea Ripley. I don't know what they do with Rhea Ripley, but I like this dark Rhea Ripley. She could stay that way for all I care. I think Rhea Ripley should really contain what she's got right now and go with the character that she's playing right now and portraying on television. I think this is the best version of Rhea Ripley that we've seen. It fits her. It does. The dark, brooding character. I like that. Now, as long as she can cut a fucking promo, then maybe we can speed things along here. But I think after Edge gets done with Judgment Day, there will be no Judgment Day. And I will miss the other side by Alter Bridge. I really will. The best thing about Judgment Day is their theme song, and we won't be able to hear that beautiful song anymore. Moving on. Kevin Patrick asked the Mysterios about shifting their vote, their focus from Judgment Day to the Usos. Bryce said Judgment Day is in their rearview mirror. That's how we're going to focus on the tag team championships. He thanked Edge for the help, and he said, me and Edge go way back. Me and Edge were tag team champions, and when... You win a tag team champion with somebody. There's a bond there that is for life. He's talking about his relationship with Edge. Edge is a animal. Edge is going to fucking get what he wants out of this Judgment Day thing. A Judgment Day better watch out. So the Mysterios are going after the tag team championships tonight against the Usos. Sarah Schreiber was interviewing Bailey, Sky, and Kai backstage. In Gorilla. Bailey said everyone is talking about her return at SummerSlam. She said Sky and Kai are two of the best in the world who have waited far too long for this moment. Sky said they know how to play the game. Bailey said soon they will be in full control. They know how to play the game, huh? I wonder where they got that one from. EO Sky with Bailey and Dakota Kai on the outside versus Bianca Belair. This went 17 minutes. 17 minutes. If this was Vince McMahon and Bruce, this wouldn't have even gone five. And EO probably would have lost her debut match. This was great. A little too much of the commercial break, but this was great. Sky hit an acai moonsault. We went right into a commercial break, literally 60 seconds into the match. So they were really, they were really egging on the commercial breaks after that first hour of no commercial breaks, which was beautiful. I could get used to that. Belair was in control when we came back from commercial break. Bailey and Dakota Kai were on the outside and caused a little bit of a distraction, which allowed EO 
to bring her down from the top rope with a hurricanrana. I don't know what Bianca was doing on the top, but she got caught with a hurricanrana from Io. Sky slipped out of a KOD attempt, tried to dive off the apron, but Belair caught her and swung her into the barricade, which looked like it sucked. Belair wanted to throw Sky back in the ring, but Bailey and Kai sat on the apron and stopped Bianca from throwing Io into the ring. At this point, she was yelling at the referee. She was yelling at Bailey and Dakota Kai. All of a sudden, Asuka and Alexa Bliss come out and they even the odds three on three. So it looks like we got a little internal women's warfare here. Belair, after the commercial break again, hit a superplex standing moonsault on EO, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Sky fought back with a double foot stomp, a running knee strike in the corner, Meteora, which looked great. Belair brought her down with a spine buster. Sky got her knees up on Belair trying a handspring moonsault. Bailey tripped Belair as Sky distracted the referee. And Sky tried to cover with her feet on the ropes, but Alexa Bliss said, Not tonight, honey. Not tonight. Knocked Eo's feet off the ropes. Bliss and Asuka then all of a sudden jump into the ring. We get a big brawl with Dakota Kai and Bailey brawling with Bliss and Asuka. This led to a no contest or a double DQ finish. I know, I know. Why book the match if you're going to do that? But everything, like I said, has a purpose. Don't worry. It's better than getting fucking championship contenders matches and the champion losing only to, deter- only to determine their next challenger. I hate it. I'd rather have this. They're showing you this was a great showcase. There's no better woman to put in there against EO than your champion. You want to know how good EO is? You found out. You want to know who EO is? You found out. You found out against the champion. You found out against Bianca Belair. That was the purpose of this match. Now you know who EO is. So stop asking questions. Oh, you win, you get a video package. We don't know who she is. She's one of NXT's vanilla midgets. These indie darlings, whatever the fucking excuse is, from the irrelevant IWC accounts. Now you know who EO is. And now you know she's just as good, if not better, she is better, than Bianca Belair. And how good Bailey's faction really is. They brawled. Fans in Houston finally coming alive here. Let them fight. Let them fight. And officials tried to break things up here, and that was the end of the segment. It honestly, it honestly looks like two things to me. Number one, it looks like Triple H is trying, once again, to reintroduce more women to the fray and get back to a a place within the division where the tag team championships are once again viable. I hope that's not the case. We don't need we don't need women's tag team championships. If it was up to me in my perfect world, we would do singles championships for the women. One women's championship. We don't need a Raw and SmackDown women's championship, but I know we're not going to move away from that. I really wish they'd merge the divisions. I said this about the tag team division as well. You can have cohesive women's divisions and cohesive tag team divisions and really just play off that. And all of these talents can go from Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw. I think that's best for business. We need one woman's championship and create something along the lines of the TBS championship, like Jade Cargill has on AEW. 
a mid-card or a secondary championship for the ladies to fight over. I know I'm in a fucking pipe dream here, and I'm dreaming in fantasy booking. In a perfect world, that's what I would do. But it definitely looks like Triple H is positioning the women's division once again to get ready for those tag team titles because they will be back, and it looks like with what we got here, that may be the case. Again, I'm going to go into my fantasy booking fucking uh, imagination here. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. I could be wrong. But Triple H absolutely loved. This is very similar. This was very similar to what he did on NXT, man. Every single Survivor Series season, Triple H loved doing what you saw here down to a T. He loved doing this type of faction warfare that eventually led to a War Games match. Now, again, I could be I could be completely off on this. I hope I'm not. But we realistically could see Triple H planting seeds here with this brand warfare, this, this faction warfare leading to a War Games match at this year's Survivor Series. You don't, th- you don't think Triple H thinks about the same things we do, I would be a betting man and probably a very rich man if I was correct on this. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this. I'm pretty confident on this. Triple H realizes that Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard have ruined the SmackDown and Raw brand warfare. There really is no brand warfare. You've had Monday night showing up on Friday night, and you've had Friday night showing up on Monday night all year where you get to November and you're trying to sell me on a Raw vs. SmackDown Survivor Series and it really doesn't matter. There's nothing on the line. There's no stakes on the line. So you think Triple H is just going to let it be? You think he's not going to go and fix all of that? Survivor Series last year was one of the most irrelevant shows of the entire year. It meant nothing. Oh yeah, we're going to do champion vs. champion matches. What good is that when your champions mean nothing and there's no warfare between the brands and there's nothing that the winners end up getting? You don't think he's going to go out there and change that? So what if he goes into this year's Survivor Series and gives us a War Games match with the women? That's what it certainly looked like to me. This is very, very similar to what he did with the War Games matches he booked in the black and gold. Again, I could be off. I could be completely wrong. Who would we add to these teams? I don't know. Maybe we add a returning Tegan Knox. She has a lot of payback coming to Dakota Kai, right? Maybe we get Tegan Knox back in the WWE. You don't think Triple H is eyeing Tegan Knox? You don't think Tegan Knox, uh, according to Triple H, was treated unfairly? Maybe we get that back. And maybe we get that storyline kind of playing out again on the main roster. And we can document that. They just let her go. What if Candice LeRae comes back? That's another one. If Johnny's coming back, who's to say Candice LeRae's not coming back? Or maybe we just do Sasha and and Naomi. Maybe we just get them back and insert them into this feud. Whatever it may be, I feel like Triple H potentially could be building to a war games. I don't want to say that it is, but this is very, very, very similar to what he did in NXT, and he's already planting the seeds. Io Shirai and Bianca had a very good match. You now know what Io is capable of. 
This was a showcase match that planted the seeds further for this faction becoming stronger. And we don't even know what the fuck their mission statement is. This is all brand new. And this is very exciting. This is as exciting as the women's division has ever been since God knows how long. And you know, and you know that man loves women's wrestling. He was such a huge advocate for women's wrestling. And you see that the women today, the talent that he has at his disposal, having a huge presence on this show. It's exactly what he did in NXT. That women's division that he built in NXT, not once but twice, was the fucking backbone of NXT. You could not have a takeover without a fucking banger women's match. And that's what he gave us every single time out. Miz, he hyped up Champa in the back as Champa was interviewed by Kevin Patrick. Miz gave Champa a pep talk backstage. Patrick approached them, asked for comments about how the Miz came up short while Champa won. Again, planting seeds, showing you that Miz is eventually going to turn on Champa. Miz says he was cheated. Miz says he shouldn't be a playground. Or Miz said WWE shouldn't be a playground for entitled YouTubers. He says he had Logan where he wanted him until Styles interfered and cost him a victory. He asked if Styles had been training Logan to keep him from winning. Miz said tonight is about Champa. Champa said he used to respect Styles and the path he took. He said he chose to side with a social media influencer who made a mockery of their home. He said when he crushes Styles' dream of becoming United States champion, it will be that much more satisfying. Miz then pointed at Champa and said he is the next United States champion. So we got Champa and AJ Styles. This went almost 15 minutes. Booker T was out there on commentary because we are in his home state of Texas, in Houston, where he resides. This was a great match. Like I said earlier, you now know how good Champa is, and we all know how great Styles is, but you also now know the type of work that Tommaso Champa is ready to do on Monday night. So Styles is in control. Champa counted Styles and a Styles clash, hit a series of strikes, a big leg lariat for two for Champa. Champa counted another Styles clash, but Styles suplexed him into the turnbuckles, which looked like it sucked, right on Champa's neck. Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but Champa caught him with a big knee strike for a near fall. He followed with Project Champa, one of his signature moves for another near fall. Champa set up for the air raid crash, but Styles countered into a Styles clash. Styles had it won, but Miz saw that Champa was very close to the rope and behind the referee, or the referee was out of uh, position. He did not see this. Miz put Champa's foot on the bottom rope and the referee stopped what was going to be a three count, and AJ Styles getting the victory. Styles then chucked Miz into the timekeeper's area. He was upset at the Miz. He knew exactly what was going on. So Champa drove Styles into the ring post before chucking him back into the timekeeper's area. Miz is still laying there, so we got Miz and Styles in the timekeeper's area. Champa's looking at this. He's like, oh shit, I can win this match by countout and go get a championship match. I don't really need to do much. I'm going to take this opportunity to let the referee count. That's exactly what he tried to do. So he wanted the referee to get a count out here, and he would go on to wrestle Bobby Lashley. So Miz and Styles were in the timekeeper's area. 
As Styles was about to go back to the ring and jump the timekeeper's barricade, Miz was hiding underneath so the referee didn't see him. He was holding Styles' foot. So he had Styles there ground. The referee was up to a five, six, seven. He eventually kicked the Miz away, and he got back into the ring. Styles barely made it back by a 10, and he went, ran right into a knee strike waiting for him from Champa. Fairy tale ending followed, and Champa got the victory. Champa goes on to wrestle Bobby Lashley and get a shot at the United States Championship next week on Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. In Cleveland, where we could see Johnny Gargano. Maybe. Possibly. Potentially. I don't know. I don't have any inside scoops or sources. But it's in Cleveland, and Johnny is from Cleveland. So, I love this. Styles and Champa had a great match. Probably the best match of the entire night. And, again, I love Champa, And I think him being showcased like this is absolutely 100% deserving. This is the type of guy you call up from NXT and you make into a major priority on your show. And I'm glad we are seeing that play out right before our very eyes. Awesome. Bobby Lashley was backstage. He had an interview with Kevin Patrick about the United States Championship and Champa winning this match. Lashley said he would defend his, his title every week on Raw if he has to because he lives for this. He said Champa is tough and hungry, which makes him dangerous, and Miz makes him more of a threat. Lashley said he's going to bring respect back to the United States title. He said he humbled Theory at SummerSlam, and he'll do the same to Champa with a hurt lock. WWE earlier in the show, legitimately before the first triple threat match, right at the top of the hour, WWE and Triple H had the production team put together a United States Championship montage or vignette with all the champions, all the major names that have held that championship throughout the years. We saw Dusty Rose. We saw John Cena. We saw all of those people that have Booker T hold the United States Championship. This one video package, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because these are the little things that were not done in the old administration. But in the old administration, they didn't give a shit about upholding the prestige of championships. They just threw champions out there. They win or lose. They didn't fucking care. No storylines. They didn't fucking care. The Intercontinental title has lost so much luster and so much prestige over the years that I don't even recognize it anymore. Same thing with the United States Championship. The United States Championship hasn't felt important since John Cena had the open challenge with it. That was back in 2015. We're now in 2022. And the United States Championship has not felt important since then. This one vignette and what Triple H put into this and the production team put into this and then, and then them putting this into the show, it showed that they fucking care. This new administration cares about championships being important because if they're not important, how are they going to matter to the fucking people holding them? And how are they going to matter to the audience that's watching them be defended? I don't get it. Triple H in one night made the United States title feel more important than Vince McMahon did in fucking eight years. Holy shit. The little things that they didn't do are showing under this new administration. We go to the main event, the Usos and the Mysterios. This is for the undisputed, unified 
WWE Tag Team Championships. We got all the ring introductions here. Mysterios are out there. Usos are out there. No funny games. They go right into it. Match went 15 minutes. We got a lot of pro wrestling on this show. A lot of pro wrestling on this show. It's a great thing to see. Dominic wiped out the Usos with a dive. Go right to a commercial break. Usos worked over Ray until he made a hot tag back to Dominic, who handed out neck breakers to both the Usos. Jimmy avoided a Dominic 619. Usos caught him on a dive attempt, drove him into the ring post, leading into another commercial break. Man, they got their commercial breaks in in the second and third hour, believe me. So Ray got another hot tag. He broke out the offense. Jay super kicked him out of midair for a two count to put a stop to him. Ray countered a 1D before tagging Dominic back in, and they gave Jimmy a double 619. Dominic hit a very pretty frog splash. Jay barely broke up the cover by diving into the ring and breaking it up. They almost lost those tag team titles. Jay super kicked Ray outside the ring before Dominic wiped him out with a dive. Dominic then took it to Jimmy on the top rope. They set up for a 619, but Jay made a blind tag. Hit him with the 1D, and the Usos retain the Tag Team Championship. Very good match between these two. This was actually better than the match at SummerSlam with the Street Profits. So the 1D does the Mysterios in. Balor, Priest, and Rhea Ripley jumped the barricade, and they attacked the Mysterios after the match. Edge ran out to make the save. Edge gave Priest a big DDT. Set up Balor for the spear. Ripley... On the outside, saw this coming. Dominic was in the ring. She shoved Dominic in front of Balor, and Edge speared Dominic instead of Balor. And Edge then ran into the crowd as Balor was running away. He ran into the crowd and chased Finn Balor into the audience. And that's the way the show went off the air with Ray and the officials checking on Dominic as the show came to a close. There isn't anything on this show that I complained about. Nothing. Everything had a purpose. Everything on this show had a fucking purpose. And we described that tonight. There was change tonight. Was the show immensely different from what you guys remember? To some, it may be a no. To people like me, yeah, it was a change. I watch this shit every fucking week with a goddamn frown on my face, ready for fucking bed at 9.30. Was it an immense change? Yes, it was. Yes. Go watch Monday Night Raw from a month ago and then compare it to this show and tell me, and tell me if it's the same fucking show. No. No, it's not. We got continuity. We got things that made sense. We got new stars being pushed. We got a women's division now that looks better than it ever has on this fucking show. We got build. We got potential storylines. We got seeds planted for a fucking breakup with the Street Profits. We may be getting a War Games match for all I fucking know. We may be getting Johnny Gargano coming back for all I know. The hope is there. The optimism is there. This was a very, very focused and a very determined show. Was it the report that Fightful put out Stating that Triple H was going to make this a statement show? No, it wasn't a statement show. It was a show that should be booked weekly. Triple H gave you a glimpse into what Monday Night Raw is going to look like. Triple H gave you a glimpse into what Monday Night Raw is going to feel like. 
every single week. Your intelligence is not going to be insulted anymore. And I think that is the most important takeaway of this show. Did you feel insulted? Did you complain about anything on this show? Were you unhappy with anything he gave you tonight? I'd be the first to fucking tell you. Jesse will be the first to fucking tell you if we were unhappy about anything Triple H gave us on this show tonight. I got texts from Jesse. I got texts from my friend Pete. I got friend, uh, my, my friend Keith. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love this. I love this. I'm excited. These are people that I go to and people that text me who are very open and honest with me. They'll tell me when it sucks. They'll tell me that they're not watching. They'll tell me they'll, they're upset with something. Nobody had a fucking complaint tonight. Nobody. And if you did, now you're the picky one. I can't be the AEW shill anymore. I can't. You want to call me a fucking Triple H dick rider? Go ahead. You don't know how good you have it now. I'm a Triple H dick rider. Good. Give me the comments. This is better than anything we would have gotten in the Vince McMahon administration. You're about to get a Monday Night Raw that is good, and you still are looking for ways to complain. You're getting a Monday Night Raw that is not booked by Vince McMahon, and you're still looking for things to complain about. And there will be things to complain about. I'm not saying that this show is going to be perfect. I'm not saying Triple H is going to put a banger show out every fucking Monday. It's three hours. There will be shit that we complain about. But compared to what we got, not not even three weeks ago, two weeks ago, are you fucking serious? You didn't see the change tonight? You didn't hear the change tonight? Houston, I'm going to need you to step up and do better next time. The fuck will you want tonight, man? Seriously. You want to go to sleep? You got trouble sleeping? Just listen to a Houston crowd sitting in a wrestling show. This show was very good. Very, very good tonight. Very happy with what they gave us tonight. And I'm very excited about the future. Guys, thank you very, very, very much for joining me on Off the Script tonight. We're about to get into the Super Chats. We got 1,300 likes. I didn't even ask for the minimum. (laughs) You guys are fucking great. I didn't even ask for the minimum. Now I'm going to ask for the minimum. I need 1,500 likes minimum on tonight's OTS. Sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped.com. You guys are going to get 20% off and free international shipping and two free gifts when you use my code. Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, that's me, D-E, one word, one code, Jerry D-E at checkout at manscaped.com. You know, guys, the summer is going to be over before you blink, and there is a lot of summer left. Confidence in how you look and how you feel and how you dress and how you smell, Manscaped is going to take that confidence and boost it up like Triple H boosted Monday Night Raw tonight. You may hit the gym, try out a fresh new hairstyle. You may give your wardrobe a much-needed facelift. But what happens when you go out there and you're ready to meet somebody, you're ready to seal the deal? How confident are you when you get to that level and you take it to the bedroom? 
Manscaped has got you covered, man. Manscaped has got you covered with the performance package 4.0. What's in the performance package 4.0? Listen, first of all, this shed travel bag is one of the free gifts. I love this thing. I take it everywhere I go. You're going to get boxer briefs as well. Anti-chafing boxer briefs in this performance package 4.0. You're going to get the crop preserver, man. A bold deodorant. They got to smell good too, right? Your world champions got to smell good too, right? Yeah. The crop preserver right there. You're going to get the crop reviver. This is a ball toner, man. Make sure they are nice and smooth, silky smooth. You never know. You never know. You're going to get the weed whacker, man. For all those pesky little spots in the ears, up the nose. This is going to take care of all of that for you, man. This is in the performance package 4.0 as well. And then the main event. And then the main event. You got the lawnmower 4.0, man, right there. Look at that. Look at that presentation. You got that. It goes in there. And then you got an LED light on it. Look at that. Look at that, man. And it's waterproof. It's got a ceramic blade. It's got advanced skin-safe technology, so you're not going to cut yourself. You're safe from all the nicks and cuts. This is the Performance Package 4.0, man. This is the main event. 20% off, free international shipping, and two free gifts at manscaped.com. That is code JerryDE at checkout, and I want to thank them for sponsoring tonight's show right here. On off the script. Guys, we're going to get into the Super Chats. Get them on in, and I want to hear from you. Let me talk to you. Get them on in. We're going to hang out now, and we're going to start with PW Elite Fan 99. This Liquid Death Severed Lime is a no-go for me, bro. Never again. I wonder if the mango tastes just as bad. No, thank you. Found your channel over a little, uh, a little over two months ago. Appreciate you for always keeping it real. Triple H needs to rebuild the tag team division on the main roster. I would love to see Johnny come back and reunite with Tommaso Ciampa and reform DIY with a $50 super chat. PW Elite Fan 99. Listen, brother, we are so happy to have you here in the OTS venue, man. Cheers to you, brother. First in the venue and a 50 bomb tonight from PW Elite Fan 99. We got a $10 super chat from my Oos, Derek Anawaii. Hey, Oos, you, my best friend, love you. And then he leaves me a 99-cent super chat on top of that with an angel emoji. Oos. Shout out to you, brother. Thank you so much, man. DV Acme with a five in Super Chat. SummerSlam was the start of fixing the women's division. This Raw was the start of fixing the mid-card belts and giving former NXT talents their due. Bro, Monday Night Raw did not include Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton is out, Cody Rhodes is out, and tonight was the best Monday Night Raw, maybe all year. 
This may have been the best Monday Night Raw all year. And look at the people that WWE has on that show that was not booked tonight. And look at the people that they have out with injury. And now Becky Lynch is out. Jared Ford with a $5 Super Chat. Hunter put on a really good show tonight. Too bad the crowd in Houston sucked. Change is here. Two tacos and a frozen lemonade. Hashtag OTS for life. Go get your tacos outside with Thunder's taco truck, man. Thunder Rose's taco truck right on the outside. DV Acme with the $5 Super Chat. The comments from the E-Drones. Shitting on this week's Raw prove they were never WWE fans. They're Vince Nuthuggers in love with the old man's scrotum. Bro, those people have exposed themselves, not only when it pertains to me, but they have exposed themselves for being the dumbest accounts that nobody should take seriously whatsoever. Sean Ray J with a $5 super chat. Great show. Crowd absolutely sucked. My friends and I had to hype up the matches ourselves because of how bad it was. We saw a bunch of change tonight, though. Yes, we did, bro. We saw a ton of change. Hopefully, I did you guys well in going over what that change exactly was. Hiru with a five in super chat. Thank you so much, brother. I nearly shed a tear seeing EO and Dakota on Raw. I'm happy for those two, and I love that Triple H is focusing on the in ring work. The future is bright. Indeed. Jesse's complaining about not getting a taco truck. Bro, listen, when you get on Thunder Rose's level, then I'll give you a fucking taco truck, bro. Give me a break, man. You're acting like Jonathan Gresham, Jesse. We don't need you to act like Jonathan Gresham. Jean-Pierre Mercedes with a 199. He leaves me a number one emoji. Thank you so much, brother. The Quiet Storm 08 becomes a new member. Quiet Storm, thank you for becoming a VIP right here on OTS. And then he leaves a $2 super chat. Shout out to Change. Feels great. OTS for life. Thank you, bro. Scorpion with a 199 super chat. Maybe we get a DIY reunion. I'm thinking we do, bro. I'm thinking we do. LJ Best Ever with a 14-month recommitment. He says, OTS for life. Jesse, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to dump you. I'm gonna have to dump you. No, bro, you're acting like a sore loser, bro. Money Senpai with a three-month recommitment. What's up, JD? What's up, JD's Elite? Just got home and feel awesome tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes, the Ferris wheel moves. I mean, what are you guys watching? 
The Ferris wheel moves and it lights up. And there's a spotlight over me that says we are live. And the fire is lit and crackling and there's a cigarette on the table behind me that's fucking lit. I don't know who's smoking in the venue. Get him out! There's no smoking in the venue. Okay? I don't smoke and I expect you guys to respect that. The dud with a $10 super chat. Hey, what's up, Tony Brown? I'm also a booty meat fan like you, but I'm also a belly button fan, and I like how Bailey's button was sticking out of her white jacket at SummerSlam. Uh, dud, I'm, I'm going to need you to take it down a notch, bro. I'm going to need to take. I'm, I'm going to need you to take it down a notch, man. I, I myself am a, a big fan of piercings on the ladies, but I'm going to need you to tone it down. Costa the Cray Cray Greek with a $2 super chat. The times, they are changing like Bob Dylan said. Jose Perez with a $1.99 super chat. No messes. Jose, I, listen, Jose, I don't need you to be shy here, bro. Nobody's shy in the venue. The Dud with a $2 super chat. This time he's not talking about Bailey's belly button ring. Rhonda and Shayna can now partner up again. We'll see. Rhonda's suspended. She's not going to be on SmackDown Friday. Or maybe she will be. Maybe she shows up and causes a scene on Friday. Corey Williams with a 199 super chat. No message. Corey Williams, I'm going to need you to not be shy in the venue, bro. We don't we don't accept that here. Nomad Jordan with a $10 super chat. It's so refreshing to enjoy WWE again. Triple H as creative head is, in my opinion, the greatest thing to happen to wrestling again, despite AEW being great. There's logic, great booking, stars pushed. Yeah, man. I love it. This is all I asked for, bro. This is all I asked for, man. How simple. Johnny Slice with a $10 super chat. Loved the sound of scripts not being torn up and the sound of a new era just beginning. I'm actually starting to feel welcome to Monday night. Stay rad, JD. I'm liking the attitude, Johnny Slice. I'm liking the positivity, bro. We got a $5 super chat from... Oh, 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 my! Oh, my, with a $5 super chat. Not a fan of this Triple H era. I should have been booked on the show tonight. Also, where is the 24-7 title? Love seeing those little guys run around. She attacked a referee on Saturday at SummerSlam. Corey Williams with another 199. Corey Williams, listen, brother. I'm going to need you to put that in the tip jar because East is working hard behind the bar. I don't need it if you're not going to tell me something, bro. Thank you for your message.
Sean Watkins with a nine-month membership. Thank God, no Omas. Well, 24-7 title bullshit. Triple H is shaking stuff up the right way. Yes, he is. Me, Wilson, with a $10 super chat. Very interesting show tonight. I have not said that in a while. I will still be an AEW fan, and I'm happy to say I'm back watching WWE. Can't wait for SmackDown. Guys, Ronda's storyline is a storyline, bro. Ronda is not really suspended, and Ronda is not really fine. It is all kayfabe. Scorpion with a 199 Super Chat. Replace Jimmy Swift with Moro Ronaldo. Yes, in a perfect world, I believe that would be the right move. Joseph Taylor. This is a banging fucking song, man. I love this song. I don't know where I got this one from. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a 2 Super Chat. Adam Cole is the greatest NXT champion in my opinion. Uh, Joseph Taylor, I respectfully disagree with you, bro. Tommaso Ciampa. Ulysses with a $2 Super Chat. You think Paige would come back now with Triple H over? Possibly. Possibly. I could see it. Hooligram with a $10 Super Chat. Congrats on achieving 135,000 subs on YouTube. After all the toiling years of shit. WWE shows. It feels like we're about to be on a wild ride as pro wrestling fans. On to 136K. Cheers, my friend. Hooligram, thank you so much, brother. I wish I had a better cold beverage to cheers you, but this severed lime is not doing it. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. If there is a WWE draft, I hope it makes sense. And I'm glad that the mid-titles are getting the love they deserve, indeed. I'll be for a draft and a split if WWE makes sense of it. I really, I really would. Susan D. Ambrosio with a $5 Super Chat. JD, I just wanted to show you some love. Tonight's Raw was refreshing. I'm not ashamed to watch Raw. I'm loving what Triple H is doing. OTS for life. Thank you, Susan. It's very kind of you, Susan. Thank you. Jonathan McArdle with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Jonathan. In the Rollins versus Ford match, why did Ford's partner go... Why did not... I'm reading this all wrong. Why did Ford's partner go to ringside or at least be mad at Ford for pushing him out of the way? Uh, Jonathan, I don't know, bro. Montez went to the ring. Dawkins was not outside. He was in the back. He ran out when Montez was about to get curb stomped for a second time and did not show how mad he was. This is why I think Montez is going to be babyface and Angelo Dawkins is going to be a heel. Joseph King with a seven-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, Joseph King. What is your opinion on the legacy of Kurt Angle? I personally love his work. Since I was 13 years old, his career was second to none. Kurt Angle is one of the greatest of all time. There will never be another Kurt Angle. His legacy is unmatched. 
there will never be another Kurt Angle. Imagine if... Imagine we got... If Brett was still of a right mind. Imagine imagine Brett Hart versus Kurt Angle. One of those matches that, I mean, would be fucking unbelievable. The coach with a two-month membership. Thank you, coach, for the recommitment. JD, you are the GOAT. Fam, I'm having the vodka with the lemonade. No ice. Oh, by the way, my one-year-old daughter loves your rants. Starting them early, coach. I love it. I did not watch any of the biographies on A&E yet. Usually I like to binge watch those things and I'll make myself a couple of old fashions here at the house and I'll watch. Jordan plays with a $2 super chat. Hopefully one of the Triple H moves is to oust Def Rebel. I would hope so. They are terrible. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat. Do you think Raw will have overruns down the line? No. Only when it's really, really, really important. Possible. Gregory Benson with a $4.99 super chat. The smallest changes make the biggest difference. Raw was good tonight. Yes, it was. Samuel Blackon or Blanchon. Samuel. Seven-month membership. Samuel, thank you so much. Hi, JD. Why Champa Lashley is not at Clash at Castle? I don't know. I have no idea, bro. Nate Knight with a $2 Super Chat. Watched you all weekend. Thanks for the great shows. Nate, I appreciate you, brother. Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Chat. Cody must be the first to go over on Roman Reigns. And all due respect to Drew, Cody winning at Mania won't be the same if Drew goes over first. I agree. I agree, bro. It's got to be Cody and Roman. Gregory Benson with a 199 Super Chat. I have not felt this excited for Raw in years. Hero, $5 Super Chat. Imagine this. Miz screws Champa in Cleveland. Out comes hometown kid Johnny Gargano. DIY reunited. Book it Triple H. Alex Perez with a 199 Super Chat. Can we expect Shanky to dance on Friday? I can confirm to you that Shanky will not be dancing on Friday. Get it out. Eli Renner with a 499 Super Chat. H made Champa feel more special on one show than Vince and Bruce did in the three months he's been there. Yeah. Now you see the differences between the administrations and you see the change in the show. Bulligram with a $5 Super Chat. This is the most positive Raw review I've ever seen, both you and in the chat. 
Have I entered a parallel dimension? What the fuck is going on, he says. No, Hulagrim, this is not a parallel dimension, bro. This is real life, man. We are positive here about the future of Monday Night Raw. Kelly with a 499 Super Chat. I'm watching WWE since 2014. Feels good. When Shao Kahn, I mean Triple H, is back, does that mean I don't need to roundhouse kick the TV? Rock on, JD. Kelly, you don't have to roundhouse kick anything anymore. We are good to go. Jordan plays with a $2 Super Chat. Would DIY have a future shot at beating the Usos? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ricardo Linnell with a $2 Super Chat. IWC, the twos, JD, and the OTS family are the ones. Lena Scorpio with a $5 Super Chat. Happy to see EO and Dakota finally on the main roster. Next up, Sasha and Naomi back on SmackDown. D-Lock with a 199 Super Chat. I need the Omos impression. LOL. I love the podcast. All right, I got to do the Omos. There you go. There you go, D-Lock. Omega Kong with a $5 Super Chat. OTS on another level. Great times. The new motto is change. The new message in our theme song is change. Gotta love it. Chelsea with a Canadian $5 Super Chat. Great show. I felt War Games vibes too. OTS for Infinity. Also, Strawberry Chocolate Whiskey is the new mix with Cocoa Bomb Chocolate Whiskey. Great stream, King JD. Chelsea, I don't know where you're getting these whiskeys from. Are, are they are they actually legit? It may be too sweet for me. A strawberry chocolate whiskey. Brian with a 199 Super Chat. Can I get one final? My little hobbitses. Yay, yay, with a two dollar super chat. Will the maximum male models ever have a match? No, no, they will not. KJ with a final super chat. Haven't felt this optimistic about WWE in a while. One week of Triple H in charge has been great. Vinny with a 199 super chat. I mean, Raw was still mid. Only good was first hour. Vinny, you can get the fuck out of here, bro. Get Vinny out of here, bro. Keep your 199. You ain't ruining my fucking mood, bro. I'll tell you when it's fucking mid, okay? That's my job. Not the other way around. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Just 30 minutes in Triple H's Raw is better than all three hours of Vince McMahon's Raw. A toast to Paul Levesque and JD. 
Thank you so much, Captain Sully. Edwin Galdamas with a 199 Super Chat. Triple H, Moy Bueno, Vincent Bruce, Moy Malo, hashtag change. Edwin, thank you so much, brother. I don't speak Spanish, but that I got. That I pieced together myself. Cameron Penny with a $2 super chat. I'm just so happy for women's wrestling, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it needs to be, bro. Carl Peterson with a four-month recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you, Carl Peterson. Thanks, JD, for all the work you've been doing. Appreciate it from a South African. Cheers to you, Carl. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. And Kelly. We love Kelly. Can I get a Kevin Dunn on Triple H's Raw and no Omas? Triple H told me not to do the, the shaking of the camera, but I did it anyway. He saw the shaking of the camera. Everybody's like, oh, the camera shakes are gone. No, they're not. He was doing it all night. He was doing it all night. I don't know. Triple H doesn't like me too much, man. He doesn't like me uh, eating the uh, uh, wood. He's taking my privileges away. Oh, man. Truffle mustard with a Australia. Australia, my... Super Chat, just interested which talent you think is in danger of being future Endeavor because of new management. Ezekiel? Maybe. Omas? Maybe. It's tough to tell, bro. I was legitimately asked this question today. Uh, I don't really know. Those two possibly. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 Super Chat. JD, can we get the goon voice... For the Twitter guy today, Mom's Basement. Oh, JD, how many green screens does he have? Why does he need all those green screens, man? What is he hiding? Does he live in his mother's basement? Is he hiding his mother's basement? I'd love to know. I was thinking about this today. Got people thinking about my green screen, man. That's what it's come down to. And Morrison Music with a $5 super chat. It feels so weird being excited for the future of WWE, and I love it. P.S. Do you think Triple H could possibly try to bring in Moro Ranala? Bro, listen, man. If you're going to bring in Moro Ranala, you, you, you speak in my language. You speak in my language, man. That should be the thing. That should be the thing, bro. Listen, I love you guys, man. Thank you for uh, a great show tonight. We hit 4,000 plus in the venue. Tomorrow, we'll be live with NXT, man. Are we going to see more changes 
in WWE with NXT. We're going to cover it. Check out Manscaped, guys, please. Manscaped.com, code JerryDE. 20% off, free shipping. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the 1,500-plus likes. Thank you for the Super Chats. Continue to join the VIP section where VIP only, channel members only on Sunday night. And hit that subscribe button as well, man. As always, follow me on social media. You guys know the deal there. I need those guitar emojis in the chat, and I need that fucking music on max. Here's to the first night of a promising future for Monday Night Raw, guys. I'll see you tomorrow night on NXT. I'll see you guys later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.